Welcome to What You Say in English, the podcast where you can get feedback on your speaking skills. Just send your recording, and Frank will tell you what you're doing great and where you probably need to improve on. What are you waiting for? We want to hear what you say in English. Day, everyone. This week has been quite benevolent with the weather. It's been a little bit rainy, and the temperatures have dropped a little, but just a little bit. This week we're going to be talking about discourse, as I told you last week. But before we get to that, I have some exciting news to tell you. We've received the first two messages. Wonderful people have started to listen to my podcast, and of course, make sure you subscribe. Remember that the website is anchor.fm/slash what you say in English, and from there you can just uh, click on the button that says message, and you can send me a message, or you can also send it to my podcast email account, which is podcast at languageteaching.es. I will put that in the description of the episode, so you don't have to worry about, you know, finding out where to send all your wonderful recordings. The first message is from Sagal Mikhad. I, I hope I'm not butchering your name, I promise. I'm, tr I'm doing my best. So here's the message. Hello, I'm Sagal. I'm a, I'm an English learner. I want to learn English more. Uh, I would like to speak English as a native speaker. I'm always trying to speak English. Uh, but I cannot say my English is good, but it's like I'm still learning. So I want to know more. And it, now it is the first time to see this uh, web and uh, it's a time to get the chance to record my voice and uh, I would like to check in, in the next time inshallah and I would like to improve but now for the first time and I would like to know my English and uh, so thank you. Well, thank you very much, Sagal, for your message. I mean, she says that she wants to speak with uh, as a native speaker of English. And well, we'll get to that, honey. I mean, I promise we'll get to that when I talk about pronunciation. And trust me, it's not really that important. I think the concept of a native speaker is a little overrated. And thank you very much for your message. I mean, I loved it. And it's incredible because even though that she's a low, le low uh, level learner, she has done pretty well to communicate her message. She was uh, very intelligible. I would, I would have to say that there were just a few moments in which it was a little bit hard for me to understand what she was saying. But uh, the whole message was very clear, um, I, would, I would have to say. Although she says that her English is not really good, I disagree. I think your English is great, and I think you're doing a great job in, you know, transmitting your message. I think you're doing a fantastic job, so keep on doing it, and I'm very happy that you left us a message. The second message is from Hamuda. Uh, he sent us a message using Vakaru and sent it to, directly to my uh, podcast uh, email address. Remember, it's podcast at languageteaching.es. I will put it down. It's in the description of, of the show. So, there, uh, and, and it's also available in the website. Uh, so, here's Hamuda. Hello, Mr. Frank. 
First of all, I wanna thank you for give us this opportunity to talk, to practice our English. All of us wanna to be fluent in English, wanna to practice more confident and naturally. And we always, as a beginner, beginner level, want to find this person who correct us, correct our pronunciation, our grammar, our sentences. Uh, for this recording, just uh, I don't have topic, just I want to thank you so much for that. And see you in the next video, next podcast. Thank you so much, Teacher Frank. That is so sweet when they call me Teacher Frank. Of course, I'm an English teacher as well. I work as a teacher. Uh, that's my, my, you know, main job. And of course, I also work as, you know, examiner and, you know, all those things. And... Um, Hamuda, I would have to say that your English is really, really good, even though you consider yourself to be a basic beginner level. I can tell you that your English is very intelligible. It's very understandable. And I promise, I promise that for a following episode, I will analyze everything you said. I think... I think you made just a very few mistakes and I promise I will I will give you some feedback on this recording but I'm very very happy that you sent me this incredible recording with your voice with your wonderful voice and you're practicing your English but I have to say that your English is looking really really good. Well now going back to the main topic of today's episode is Discourse. We also call it discourse management. So, uh, what is it? Because last week I told you that discourse had to do a little bit with vocabulary, and it, it, it also had to do a little bit with grammar, and it's a little complicated to just narrow it down into sing, uh, a single concept. Because when we do discourse analysis, um, it's definitely not only concerned with the description and analysis of spoken interaction, in addition to all our verbal encounters uh, that we have hundreds of time. It's also written and printed words, like newspapers, articles, letters, stories, recipes, instructions, notices, comics, poof, you name it. We usually expect them to be coherent, meaningful communications in which the words and, and sentences are linked to one another in a way that corresponds to conventional formulas, um, just as we do with speech. Uh, therefore, uh, uh, discourse analysts, you know, the, the experts that do this, uh, this kind of analysis, are equally interested in the organization of written interaction as well as spoken interaction. The thing about analyzing discourse between spoken uh, and written texts is that they uh, both of them have differences. I mean, the way we express ideas in speaking is completely different uh, from the way we express ideas in, in written form. 
there are a number of reasons for emphasizing the spoken uh, discourse. For a start, language uh, originates in speech, both historically and in terms of an individual's own linguistic development. Um, and most day-to-day -day language use is spoken. Before the podcast continues, here's a word from a sponsor. How long have you been preparing for your IELTS exam and still don't know how to improve? IELTS.net takes your exam preparation a step further by mixing real-life mock exams with full reports on your performance. Written by real IELTS examiners. More than 53,000 test takers have benefited from a recognized and trusted mock exam with high reliability and high-quality standards. Save 10% in your next order with what you say in English. Go to takeielts.net and use the code WISE, that's W-Y-S-E, during checkout. From a teaching point of view, most of course, but not everybody, but most learners of English as a second language are very interested in acquiring at least a measure of oral fluency. So the study of spoken discourse ought to be uh, hold some interest for program designers, course book writers, examiners, and not least teachers themselves. And of course, all these elements have to do with grammar, they have to do with vocabulary, and of course, they have to do with pronunciation, which we'll be uh, talking about, I will be talking about next, in the next episode. I think the first, uh, the most important elements in discourse management have to do with coherence and cohesion, um, because they're difficult to separate. I mean, they're usually analyzed together. Now, broadly speaking, coherence refers to a, a clear and logical stretch of speech which can be easily followed by a listener. Cohesion refers to a stretch of speech which is unified and structurally organized. Coherence and cohesion can be achieved in, in, in many ways, including the use of cohesive devices, related vocabulary, grammar, and discourse markers. Now, what are all these uh, words? Cohesive devices are words or phrases which indicate relationships between utterances. And this is important. When we talk about speaking, we do not say sentences, because sentences relate more uh, to writing. When we talk about speaking, we talk about utterance, utterance. Um, so, when we talk about cohesive devices, we talk about, for example, addition. Um, when we say and, in addition, moreover, we also talk about consequence. De uh, cohesive devices for consequence can be so, therefore, as a result, or cohesive devices to order information, like first, second, next, finally. And we're going to be talking about that. I, I will be paying attention to the way learners use those things, those cohesive devices, when they organize the information that they want to communicate. At higher levels, 
learners should be able to provide cohesion, not just with basic cohesive devices, you know, like the typical and, but, then, finally, but also with more sophisticated devices, things like therefore, moreover, as a result, in addition, however, on the other hand, and things like that. Do you remember the Sefer levels I told you in the very first episode? Well, when I hear learners of English, I don't really pay attention to the way they organize information at A1 or A2 levels, because at that point, discourse is not really that important. The most important thing is that they can link ideas coherently in a basic way. They can talk about uh, familiar things and very uh, things that are close to them. But uh, a learner at that level is not able to organize ideas in a complex manner. When we go from B1 upwards, B1, B2, C1, C2, then yes, we look at discourse management. I mean, I pay attention to those things. And of course, we pay attention to things like, as I said before, using cohesive devices, type of contribution, the relevance of the contribution, uh, the extension of the answers that go beyond short phrases. I also pay attention to hesitation. And this is basically from levels B1 and B2, which is a kind of pre-elementary going to an upper elementary level. Students, learners should be able to, you know, repeat information, talk about relevant information. And remember that relevant does not mean important. Relevant means connected. That if I ask you a question about, for example, tomatoes, you can talk to me about tomatoes. You don't talk to me about potatoes, okay? Uh, this is what we call relevance. And, and, and of course, relevance and repetition are usually combined because you can express yourself using a variety of uh, words that can be, you know, that can help you with a discourse. At higher levels like C1 and C2, hesitation is very limited. Um, very, there's very little hesitation. Normally, it goes with finding what to say, not finding the word that the person wants to say. It's uh, because I know, I know, for example, when a learner is uh, stops uh, for a moment because he's trying to look f uh, look up uh, for the word in in their brains. Uh, they don't know the word, so they're trying to find the word. But at higher levels, at C1 and C2, the person can hesitate a little bit just because they want to find a, a topic. You know, they want to expand the topic. And of course, this is all related to vocabulary and the use of several items from the same lexical set. And this is what I told you before in the episode about vocabulary, knowing words in the same area. For example, if we talk about train, we talk about station, we talk about platform, carriage, and, you know, we have a semantic field. That's the way we call it. That's the fancy terminology for that. We have a semantic field um, for all the words that you can express in one certain topic. Do you remember that I also told you that grammar was related to discourse? Well, yes, there are grammatical devices, and these are essentially the use of reference pronouns, like when you say this, when you say uh, that one, uh, when you use articles, 
as a way of reinforcing what you're communicating. And we also have the discourse markers, which are words or phrases uh, that are primarily used in spoken language to add meaning to the to any form of interaction. And you can hear in the way I talk when I say, you know, you see, uh, basically, actually, I mean, well, anyway, like, which are very, very common in day-to-day -day communication. If you really want to improve your discourse, the way you handle discourse, you have to do quite a few things. Uh, of course, there are many, many more, but I would like to talk to you, I would like to guide you through some of the things that you can start using right now. Number one, you have to pay attention to the verb forms. Uh, and that makes sense. If you're talking about something in the past, you have to keep uh, the, verb, the verb forms in the past. Don't jump and use um, forms that can be in the, in the present or the future. You have to pay attention to the context. If you're talking about the future, then keep your verb forms in the future. The second point is parallelism. Uh, we call them parallel structures because it is a device which uh, suggests a connection simply because the form of one sentence or utterance repeats uh, the form of another. And these things are mainly used in speeches, prayers, poetry, and advertisements. Um, it can have a powerful emotional effect as well. This parallelism can be... Um, let me give you an example of a parallel structure. When we say something like, going to the beach and having fun is like enjoying a party with friends, for example. Uh, you can notice, for example, that I used ing forms in one part of the sentence and I used the ing form in another part of the sentence. That's what we call parallel structure. And that's a grammatical structure, parallel structure. Um, I have to repeat the same structure from one part in the other part, and that makes sense. Of course, that helps with coherence. My sentence makes sense. The third point I would like to mention is referencing, um, and the, the kind of referencing expressions. These are words uh, whose meaning can only be discovered by referring to other words or to other elements of the context, which are clear to both the sender and the receiver. Uh, when we make substitutions like, well, I told you that, uh, remember that day, and, and we use that, I told you that, uh, when I went, so that when refers to a moment, things like that, that unifies the, the discourse in a way that makes sense. And of course, I can tell you um, a, a lot about other stuff that can help you in advanced levels. Uh, for example, we can go over uh, substitution. And substitution is a, it's a kind of formal link between sentences uh, when you substitute a word uh, with another word. Saying something like, do you like mangoes? And you answer like, yes, I like mangoes. Of course, people don't usually re repeat that. I mean, people usually say, yes, I like them very much. So we use the word them. We substitute... Um, the word mangoes with them. Another thing that we can use to improve our discourse management is the use of ellipses. Ellipses is when we omit something. 
just because we know that we're talking about that precisely. Like, how are you? Fine. That's a simple way of expressing ellipsis. How are you? I am fine. So I eliminated I am with just saying fine. Uh, so that's ellipsis is eliminating things that we consider are not that important to say because we understand them from the context. And finally, I would like to remind you that discourse always has to do with context. And of course, when we talk about formal register, informal register, that that is all included in discourse management. Uh, discourse has to do with uh, a lot of elements like, you know, as I said, grammar, vocabulary, uh, connecting ideas as a way of approaching a different context or a different situation. And of course, uh, I know that the tasks that I have in uh, on my website are kind of artificially constructed. You have to talk about certain things like uh, the basic uh, activity, which is describing the pictures, then talking, uh, the intermediate uh, activity, talking about the um, uh, website where you got something from, and then the more advanced activity, which is the video you have to provide a summary. Um, I know that they're artificial, but and, and of course, the context is, you know, kind of forced, but in a natural way, if you want to um, improve your uh, w the way you manage your discourse, you have to pay attention to the context. If you are in a formal situation, then try to use more formal language and use ways to express yourself, which are more formal. And if you're in an informal situation with friends and family, then yeah, you can do a lot of things that you would probably not be able to do in another context. So as you can see, um, discourse management is quite complex. I mean, it's uh, analyzing it would take us a whole day. Well, probably more than that. There are people who specialize in this. I mean, there's an area called discourse management, discourse analysis. And as teachers, in my case, and I know that it's a case of other many other teachers out there, uh, this is something that takes a lot of time. Uh, to analyze. So basically, I'm going for basic lear uh, learners. If you send me your recording, I would not pay attention. If you're a basic learner, I would not pay attention to discourse as much. If you send me, for example, an activity that is more advanced, then yes, I would look at the way you use discourse um, as a way of unifying and talking about a, a certain topic. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. Next week, I'm going to be talking about pronunciation. I decided to leave it to the very last for a reason, because I know that a lot of people are interested in getting good pronunciation, and I know there are many misconceptions, many wrong ideas about pronunciation in English. Um, I will tell you what we do really pay attention to, when um, as teachers, when we teach pronunciation, pronunciation is not talking as a native speaker. Pronunciation has to do with many other factors that in the globalized world um, are more important. <laughs>
So stay tuned. I will see you definitely next week. Please, please, please send me your recordings. Even if you want to say just hello, leave a message. I will be thrilled. I will be happy to listen to you. And of course, keep on learning. I will see you next week. Bye-bye.